new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The State of Combat Podcast with Brian Campbell. Oh, yeah, you hear the theme song, you get aroused. Wow, that was inappropriate to start off the show. It is the uh, SOC box pot deep into that Coakley eye. Uh, back with a bang, back with a big ass week. You know, some weeks uh, sometimes may be good. Sometimes let's not do a show and instead do four skinhead episodes because there's nothing to talk about. This week, it's different. We got fights to recap. We got about nine fight cards to preview as everyone's back this week. So BC's here, my co-host sliding into his chair, uh, ready to get you fired up as only, as only the SOC can. All right, we are the only pod. That gives it to you. Do you slip her the hot beef injection? Inappropriate. Did not want that button. Okay, but, you know, while we're at it, though. Well, I've got some red meat for you. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. Never, never, all right? Take that to the polls, or maybe your poll. Hey, let's bring in my co-host. He is a New York Times best-selling author. He is. Uh, a featured player on BetYourAss.com starring Eric Raskin. He is a believer in fathers, sons, lights, and darks as it comes to both race and beer served at the Great Fine Tavern McSorley's. It's Rafe Bartholomew coming at you, folks. Let me lick you up. Brian, it's okay to be aroused because it's a hard-on day, Brian. It's a hard-on day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it always is around here. You know what I'm saying? You know, I got horny, okay? (laughs) Did you forget you were flying? I I know what you're doing over there by the hot dog truck, so to speak. Rafe, how the hell are you? Uh, we're back two weeks in a row. I think people were excited after sending us hateful mail. Yes, Ulrich Anderson, I'm looking at you in Denmark. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think we were one more week off from getting a, an explosive, a pipe bomb sent over from Denmark, uh, unmarked and ready to blow one of us up. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, you know what they've got over there, by the way. Let's hey, what's up? Say- that there are a bunch of heavyweight champions who I feel have bigger toolkits. They got some big toolkits over there in Denmark, okay? Why do you think they're always so happy there? Rafe, um, we have a guest on today's pod, a fighter who's returning this weekend. You've got like a 1 in 48 chance of guessing it correct. Who we got? Sergio Martinez? No. Joan Pablo Hernandez? Champ- champion, champion. Uh, uh, definitely not Jeff Hawn. Uh... Hey, how about Clay Collard from Rags to Riches, former uh, skinhead fighter, now a featured player on Top Rank's middleweight scene. Did you see his faces in the damn poster? They call him a middleweight prospect. He's here to talk about the journey, Rafe, okay? You care? 
I I read somewhere in some boxing scene article. By the way, shout out to Boxing Scene, a great, important journalism website. Uh, a, a, a Viacom CBS property, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Very uh, important article. Very, very many. I, I've read many articles, but a very important one. I read a very important article that referred to Clay Collard as a front runner in the 2020 Prospect of the Year race. Well, which, on one level, I want to say, you know, that's a terrible, terrible description, and he's not really a prospect. He's just an old gatekeeper who had no no career before becoming a gatekeeper but brian that's about right for 2020 sometimes maybe shit this year and uh he can be the shit prospect of our shit 2020 how dare you how friggin dare you okay big ginge uh is this a uh an unveiled shot at uh marketing and pr whiz that that small man in Las Vegas for starting up. The, it, this the band. was not Evan. This was not Evan Corn's doing, as far as I know. And it, and if it was, then I would and I retract the shot because it is all love in the Bartholomew household for the large, hard corner man. Okay, just not on the old social media. Uh, I see what you're doing there with the uh, liquid crack. Social media is worse than the liquid crack. It is the devil. The soda to me is like liquid crack. Uh, it don't do anything for the body. Right? Yeah, neither does the social media do okay, anything well, for the body, except except Instagram. When you hit the search tab, that <laughs> does something for do the body. Not. Please, please, uh, please don't fap, fap, don't fap, don't fap when you click the search tab. Thank you, Vlad. Indeed. All righty then, uh, Rafe. What the hell are you doing with a soda bottle filled with some pink fluid? Like, what is going on here? I asked for the, the the bottle that I mixed, all right, and I need it to get through the day. Uh, I use my old soda bottles. I fill them up with water, sprinkle in a, a little bit of the crystal light powder, so I get a, just enough flavor to get me through. Is this like nicotine gum to a uh, to a THC to a liquid addict? crack addict? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I'm fine with that. Okay. It's, it's how you get off of it over time. All right. All right. I mean, and ultimately, Rafe, it is about. Getting off, right? Gross? No? Is that what gets you off? Don't you understand? We get them off. Yes. They don't get us off. Never. Never. Okay? What I don't does that know mean? What, I don't know what the hell that means, but thank you very much. Uh, everybody's got to eat something, Rafe, all right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Rafe, we got a lot of boxing to get to, a lot of boxing to preview, all that good stuff, uh, tall, pale, and, you know, handsome. It is your boy, uh, BC, coming at you on the microphone. Rafe, how is your personal life at the moment? Uh, um, uh, the, the betting scene in Michigan, it's wild, right? Well, it's going to get wilder. What we're waiting on, Brian, here in Michigan is for the state, which has already voted and approved uh, online sports betting but we're waiting for the state to uh, put through the rules and regulations and approve the licenses of the operators, your DraftKings and your FanDuels and your points bets and your BetMGMs and all your William Hill. Even, even the top blokes are welcome here in Michigan. That's supposed to happen by the end of the year. And once that or or maybe early next year, once it does, baby, I am going to be pulling goodly off my fo- phone, making mo money, mo money, mo money, as they used to say on In Living Color, on boxeo bets. Because, you know, when you bet on the underdogs in boxing and they win like 
our guy was Jackson Marinez. Oh, wait. Oh, even when they win, you no, no, lose no, no. because no, no, no. they get robbed and you get robbed. I love betting on boxing. Uh, you love soda, too. Does that involve cam soda by any chance? All right. No? Yes. Yes. I like okay. the cans. Well, you'll be happy to know that the cam soda users have spoken. You will be getting a bonus. That's right. And your top tipper is, I'll let you say who your top tipper is. Can you see that? Huge titties. I have huge titties is his top tipper. Oh, wow. <laughs> God. What were they talking about? Uh... You're, you're getting tipped by a man with titties. <laughs> they talking about what they told Romer Alexis Angulo after the fight on Saturday? Yeah, you got, you got, yeah, okay, all right. Look, we shouldn't talk about all these things, but you have to understand like, boxing's a hood sport, right? Like, it's not for children. Now, let's be real here. Boxing is for grown folk. Okay, so That's just, right, Dwyer. Like, just deal with that, all right? Thank you. Okay, uh, Rafe, um, how long will you stay in the Midwest? Will you, I mean, you've been a, a bi-coastal human being here. You know, you've done the time in the Pinoy. In the, in the, you've went hard in the paint, in the Pinoy. And you've kind of floated between L.A., and New York, your stomping grounds, your your home. The shout out to all the Carmine heads. All right, uh, now you're kind of you know in Middle America. Are you going to stay? You like it? Oh, I, I do like it here. I'm enjoying my time. I I don't have. I, I'm not a like a five year, ten year plan kind of guy. Uh, and also, I am. I mean, I'm look. I'm I'm attached to uh, my lady friend who is going to be a doctor and hopefully the breadwinner because this shit ain't working out for me. So uh, once she's making that good money, I am following wherever her fruitful career takes us. I'm going to make you my girlfriend. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's a good idea. It's a very good idea. Uh, do you have any rules when it comes to interviewing her? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry about that. Yep. Not, not going to touch those M's. That woman judge. Yes, please, please. That's why I'm angry. That's why I'm upset. Those two Connecticut judges over the weekend. My friends, Rafe, my We're friends. We're going to to say, those are your boys. Yeah, well, it happens, you know. You know, you know hey, it happens, Rafe. It is boxing, okay? All right. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going here. Uh, five star review if you care. Hopefully we'll keep doing the show. Who knows? Skinheads are taking over, Rafe. All right. They're taking over. It, it often seems that way when I watch the TV, not even just the sports. I see the skinheads everywhere. Yeah. Just can't get rid of them. Are you dropping Antifa references on me right now? Oh, look, they're the, those are the opposite of the skinheads, man. What kind of politics do you I, Well, the, the ones involving red meat, obviously. Okay, all right. You will not take America's meat. Thank you. All right. Thank you. More beer for me. Indeed. Okay. All right. That's all I got for you. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Quick pause for the cause. On the other side, we got so many fights, so many, many guys to talk about. Uh, looking back, looking ahead, Clay Collard going to drop in through here, uh, slide into these here DMs. Uh, after- Listen to the beginning of this podcast, Clay. Yes, yes, Clay, please. Thank you. Uh, what we want you to do, though, is uh, hear a little word from our friends and sponsors. Maybe download one of them podcasts. Maybe buy some products. Okay, that's it. Other side, DC coming at you. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, And we're back. Uh, BC in the house. Rafe Boogs, my co-host. Love this man. And Clay Collard still to come. A a, a human Rocky story. Not that Rocky was inhumane, but uh, a a new, a a real-life Rocky, right? Clay Collard? Who was the last real-life Rocky? I already forgot. Uh, We had one pretty recently. Feather Duster, Carlos Baldemir until he touched his daughter, and also... that guy, Andrew Concio. Yes, Concio was, I think we were calling him the real life Rocky as well. Hey, we can never have enough Rockies in boxing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rocky Juarez. Remember that time we met him in the casino? Never forget that. We'll never forget that, okay? We, we can't be owned. Rocky Juarez, even though he sure ain't, did. He, ain't he got didn't no quite can't be owned himself, yes. but. <laughs> Great moments in Vegas with Eric Raskin. Yes. By the way, Rafe, uh, Raskin and I doing a lot of male bonding lately through the D- DMs because, uh, I've gotten into the vinyl records. It's my thing now to get through the course. Really? And um, I bought the balls out of some Springsteen records from some guy at a, at a, uh, uh, we met at like a, like a Walgreens. It was like a drug deal. It was great. And, uh, you know, paid cash for these suckers. And, uh, you know, I've been, I'm getting, I've been getting uh, high on Bruce here. You know what I'm saying? Get can reconnecting with, with Eric Raskin. You don't go down that way, right? You don't go down that road. I don't go down on uh, Raskin. Um, <laughs> I also Lord. don't. I don't listen to the boss at all. Uh, I do. I used to. I I have some old uh, a twelve inch uh, collection yeah, from back right. in the yeah, day yeah, when I was yeah, like a, right, Jeffrey. Uh, all right, we can we can all dream. A hardcore, okay, uh, you know, a hardcore saying? porn collector. I mean, no, hardcore hip hop head. Yeah, uh, but, but I mean. I want an 11 inch penis. It's not going to happen. Yeah, sorry. All right. You, you and your 12 yeah, right, inch dream. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Um, what kind of turntable you got? Do you, are, are you, are you going to, are you going to spin? Do you have technique, techniques? No, no, I'm not going to, what about DJ BC over here? Uh, DJ Tanner over here? Come on. Uh, I bought a, uh, a nice old school Quasar 80s turntable stereo from some old guy a couple towns over. Uh, it was in the back corner of his garage, 20 bucks cash. It plays mint. I bought some um some speakers. I bought some ones from the seventies actually used, but they smelled like uh like there was a dead raccoon inside, so I eventually threw them away, Rafe. But you know what I did? And this changed everything, okay? My wife thinks I'm going through a midlife crisis. It's possible. I'm forty two years old. I took these very expensive headphones that you see around my head that CBS provides me for podcasts, and I stuck them suckers into the damn uh thing directly. And when I put these these vintage vinyl on there from the early 70s, Rafe, I'm not kidding. I can hear Jimmy. I can hear – I see dead people. I can hear things that you can't hear through the regular means. I, my head is inside the drum kit in the studio while they are recording it. It's that pure and real. It's, it's drugs without drugs, Rafe. Have you ever done drugs without doing drugs? No, no, I haven't. So basically, you're saying that you like this better than the TikTok that the kids use. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is that is true. That's that's all you got. Okay, great. Yes. Uh drugs, no drugs, excellent. All right then. Uh thought I had a button for that. I don't. I do like gingers. Thank you. Um Rafe, let's look back at the weekend that was. And uh Showtime Boxing was back, baby. Okay? They were back. I don't know if you care about that. I hope you're a freaking subscriber these days. Right. I I can't believe I'm a subscriber to Showtime. Oh. Whoa, whoa. Uh, you had him on this podcast, uh, yeah. closely linked to the Showtime network. Yeah. And this is this is how Dwyer repays you? I don't I don't I'm not I'm definitely not down with that. This is definitely a service that uh Showtime, a service I have. Yes. There yes, you Rich, go. Okay? It's more Thank like you, it, Richie. Please, seriously. Uh I I am a disowned subscriber as well. Uh Rafe David Benavidez lost his 168-pound title on the scales, missing by nearly 3 pounds, de- declining to take the uh, two hours to cut back down, claiming it was uh, not a lack of focus or um, work put in, as he said, by the performance he put out the next night, but just a miscalculation on his diet, didn't have access in the bubble to the same type of things, saunas that he normally does. He went out the next night and kicked the crap out of Romo or Alexis Angulo, uh, a late stoppage when Angulo did not get off the stool. But Rafe, look, it's 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 troublesome for the 23 year old. He already lost his title two years ago uh, due to that uh, Bugar Sugar, and now he's going to lose it again. How much of a setback in the larger picture or warning sign is this for a man in David Benavides who's among the most exciting in the sport? Um, I look, it's a warning sign. You never like to see a fighter miss weight. He missed it pretty badly. I think I am personally willing to give David Benavidez the benefit of the doubt on this one in that if it's true and it sounded like Keith Eidek uh, of Boxing Scene reported that to his knowledge it was the case that the fighters weren't allowed to use a sauna. They only got an hour in the gym for each day they were in the bubble. That was like all of fight week. I know that fighters are generally ramping down at the end of the, you know, they're training, so they're not going super hard in the gym. But if, if he was, if he had that kind of limited resources to make weight, then I can understand how that would happen, especially for a guy who you could tell, I mean, he's very big for that, for, for 168 pounds. He always looks a little bit flabby compared, not compared to you know, bums like me and you, but compared to your 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 typical pro boxer physique, especially at such a high level. Rafe, did and you hear? did you hear he was two hundred and fifty pounds as a thirteen year old when he started? I, I have heard this story Good once Lord. or twice, Brian. Wow. I mean, come on now, right? That's a lot. And it's, this was a man with titties beating himself with titties on the scales on uh, on Friday, but. In any case, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. If he continues to miss weight at 168, then and it is not a discipline issue, then I think that just means he has to be a light heavyweight, which is not the end of the world. Of course, he wants to stay at one six at uh, weight category 168. Why? Because there are big fights there for him, whether it's the Caleb Plant left hookathon uh, within the DAZN universe or really the, the biggest prize of them all, the big ginger Canelo Alvarez, who I guess is going to walk into to David Benavidez's belt for free, which, hey, hey you know, Canelo beats a lot of good guys for belts. 
but he'll also just walk into one when he can. Why not? Oloki, you are next, my friend. Sorry, I meant the Yildirim. You are next, my <laughs> Turkish friend. We'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, the thing is, though, Rafe, he did, Benavides did do the what he needed to do. I mean, he kicked the crap out of Angulo. He looked like he was ready to fight. He certainly wasn't sluggish. He, 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 you know, his his wind was there. He switched stances, Rafe. He gave him a little bit of that left socket. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot coming back at David Benavidez. So I, I, it was very, uh, Claudie versus Pacquiao in a sense, right? I only thing was missing was Moro just re you know re uh, rehashing the famous lines. Yes, yes, yes. Bang, bang. bang. Yes. You want some more? Bang. You want to meet me later in my hotel room? Bang, bang. All right. Could you some nice uppercuts too? That uppercut was bananas. Whoa, Jason Rosario coming in there. Wow, shout out to that guy. Um, uh, a really good win. A limited opponent. It's going to take him time to get back into the title. Not not long time. He could have easily been the guy they picked for this vacant title. But let's talk boxing politics. All right. Let's talk math. Let's oh, talk. Whoa, I whoa, wanted, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, yeah whoa, whoa. Whoa. What do you got? I wanted to, to run a little idea. I heard on our friend's podcast, uh, Eric Raskin and Kieran Mulvaney. I believe it was Kieran who said that maybe this makes life easier for David Benavidez in a way. And that he doesn't have to worry about the mandatories that he his mandatory defenses it makes it easier for him to just say you know what who am I gonna fight I don't let the let the BC do what the BC does for now not the Brian Campbell but the WBC uh, and he can go straight into challenging Caleb Plant for the Plant Belt what does he have the the BO the BA one IBF, of them things bro, the IBF. IBF can you please call him by the correct name by the way the master of the back foot thank you okay thank you <laughs> um you think there's any any do we I would be happy if they do that. Do you think there's any chance that that something well, like that could happen? They could, but you know, be honest with me. The the there was a high level of intrigue that it was a unification, and I know that. Good God, there's like 18 WA, WBA belts and 17 weight class. I mean, like it's already bullshit. But these are at least legitimate in the four title era. Two unbeaten guys coming to hate each other, coming together like that. There could have been something. Nice so you special. you really are like you you're like Max. Look at me. I have three belts. <laughs> Max, look at me. I I sue my ex managers. Max, okay. Not... Max, look at me. I'm 80 years old. <laughs> They're not licensed, Max. Every time I make more money, I cut more people from my team, Max. Okay. Max, are you serious? <laughs> Max, I do not pay him. Max, you're no longer my twin brother. You're not getting paid either. <laughs> Max, Max, yeah. I cannot pay you to be my brother. Okay, I need I need my, my wife. You're no longer my wife because uh, uh, all this time I need to tell you I need something else. I want, I want, guys. Okay, it's time. It's time for me. I have beautiful guys. And all. Thank you. <laughs> Right. Max, I must live my truth. <laughs> it's 2020. He could be who he wants. If he wants to star in a film with Yusuf, it's his purpose in life. It's it's 2020. Athletes sleep with a lot of things now. <laughs> yo, 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 relax, relax, you know what I mean? All right, okay, um... All right. I don't know how to follow that. Oh, oh you yeah. were going to – I'm sorry. I interrupted you, and you – I think we're transitioning in to talk about Politics. the – what will happen with the WBC belt that Politics. David Benefit says goodbye. Yeah. All right. Boxing and ethics don't really always mix. That is true. That is true. So let me ask you a little bit about boxing and ethics. 
Let me read to you some things that have happened, and I just want you to tell me, ethically sound in today's boxing game or not? The WBC, without apparently even talking to Benavidez, have ranked him the number one contender at light heavyweight for Arthur Betterbeev's WBC title, even though Benavidez said after the win over Angulo, he just needs to fix his diet a little. He'd be back at 68 and then gave a public interview to a great website, BoxingScene.com, in which he said the same thing. Rafe, what the hell's that? I don't even understand it. What I don't that that part of this is very befuddling to me. I don't I look, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense if he he, he cuz usually when something like that happens, you can see the machinations behind it of the promoters and the entities saying, "Look, all right, we'll we'll just, just fine. Let Canelo fight for this title at super middleweight. Bump us up, get us a shot at the light heavyweight instead." But if if that's not what the fighter is saying, then it presumably it's not what his handlers at, with PBC and whoever is shell promoting him uh, want. So I don't get it, man. Uh, oh, wait, it's, he's a Samson man, right? Yeah, I want, I want to talk to Yeah, him. Samson! Uh, okay, okay. Um, so, Rafe, let's talk about the news here. Uh, the WBC has taken Benavidez's vacated title that Romer Angulo did not win and has put it up for a order for a vacant title bout in which mandatory challenger Avni Yildirim, the, the hard-hitting Turk, who we, we by the way, love, yes, was sent to hell by Chris Eubank Jr. in the uh, WBSS, but you got to be honest, when he came back in that PBC fight last year and fought Darrell Anthony, the dog, for that vacant title after uh, Benavidez had the, uh, was uh, stuffing, you know what I'm saying, um, he fought well. In fact, you could argue he was on pace to win that fight until a cut and a kind of quick stoppage ended that. So the WBC kind of showed weird loyalty to him, said, we'll make you the mandatory. And they are putting him in there, but not against Benavidez. Uh, Canelio, so their justification here is that Canelo was granted franchise champion with the WBC at middleweight, not even 68, at middleweight to allow... A Char- Jamal Charlo to become the full WBC champion. And because of that, he supposedly... Uh, it's, it's Big Charlo now? Yes, Big Charlo. Because of that, he can cut the line. And at 68, even though he has, Rafe, one fight. I'm not going to count the, the catchweight 164 bout, pound bout against Chavez Jr. He has one fight at real 68 when he when he chopped down the Rocky Fielding tree for that bootleg belt. And he gets to cut the line because he's the super champion at 60? I don't understand this, Rafe. Uh, Look, when you make up belts like the franchise championship on your own, then you get to make up the rules of how they apply. And on on one level, like, for example, I forget which sanctioning body it is, but the one that promised that, that elevated Alexander Usyk to number one contender or mandatory contender at heavyweight because he had unified all four titles at so that's their rule everybody can, basically they make up their own rules Brian you know this we all know this it's not who cares I, I mean uh, I, I I just I'm I'm not that he's at least a championship caliber fighter is this right. the right process no but when does the right process ever occur and honestly if you are a boxing sanctioning body and you're your role in this ecosystem 
And the way you keep afloat is basically maneuvering things to get your belts on the fighters who make the most money so you could get the biggest sanctioning fees because it's a it's a percentage cut. Well, this is great timing for you. This guy drops his belt on the scales right before Canelo is still trying to find an opponent. This is beautiful. This is like perfect timing for them. It's it's stupid, but it's what are you going to do? Yeah, okay, so let's put this into perspective here. Uh, we don't know. Canelo, it doesn't look like, is fighting Independence Day weekend next month because he doesn't have an opponent. We know that there's some beef between him and DAZN, which owes him $35 million, wants him to take less for this stay busy. Uh, we don't have an opponent. I guess it could be Yildirim, who's basically a almost a more raw David Lemieux. I mean, in some ways, um, I love me some Avni Yildirim. More raw and less power. Yeah, I mean, he just is what he is. Younger, I mean, like, pro- maybe more durable, although he did get sent to hell. I mean, he's got balls, okay? He fights like a tough, tough gang member. So, you know, there's some sort of freak fun in seeing Canelo fight another James Kirkland who will get up it's all a Kirkland fight. musky on him. Um, and, you know, if it happened, whatever. But, and look, obviously down the road, Canelo Benavides would, you know, if we could ever make that work politically, would be freaking awesome. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of lame. And, but you read the story a little bit closer. I don't know if you did, Rafe. I don't think Canelo I did. Canelo had to write a letter to the WBC to recommend himself. And that's how the process works. When this happens, pe- promoters have to write in letters. So Canelo was the guy who said, let's do this. Uh, I mean, I guess I can't hate on him collecting belts. I'm sending you a four-page letter. Well, yes. And I closed it with the kiss. Because I need love at the end of the day, okay? Um, Rafe, do you think Dazin, John Skipper, DAZN, as we call them, okay, that platform that Eddie Hearn apparently started, you know, do they approve this? And I'm a DAZN subscriber. Do they approve this? Look, if they've been balking at so many other opponents that they thought were not big enough fights to attract the subscribers, that you know what? At this point, they need to put some fights on so there is any content, period. I if thought like, DAZN like... <laughs> was going to hit us between the eyes with some great fights. Yeah, I thought so too, Richie. Fight? Tom, Dick, or Harry? Apparently, apparently, yes. Uh, no, apparently he will fight uh, Avni. Yes, Tom, Dick, and Avni. Uh, yes. No, look. Uh, it seems like the way things have been going, DAZN is unlikely to approve this matchup or insist that Canelo take some kind of pay cut or figure out some way to convince Yildirim not to take as much money as he probably wants for a Canelo fight. Dude, how expensive but, would he be? You could probably give him like like bare minimum right yeah but everybody knows that this is your best payday of your career if you're coming in as an opponent and you're gonna ask for five million probably that's what everybody and that that's less than i mean look you see some of these other guys getting seven ten around there so he's already taking a discount he's fighting the same guy does he is he as worthy as some of the pre as danny jacobs was no but that's not that is not what it's about. It's like you you're 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 the you're you're the opponent they bring in for Canelo. You're gonna want some real money. Um, I don't. I, in any case, it seems like this is not the type of fight that DAZN would want seek to approve. Uh, but at the same time, they're gonna have to eventually, or else I mean, there won't a be a Canelo fight at all. And it's a real title on the line, so there's some sex factor there, I guess. But as fans and as fans of the ridiculousness, as you and I are, Rafe. 
there is some massive potential for 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 Bonanza here and Bonaire. If um the great manager of Avdi yes, sir. His name is Ahmet Oner, Oner, Ahmet Warner, Oner, whatever. And if you remember that press conference in 2017, that uh, it was a Cali party when he interrupted to yell at a member of uh, Eubanks team and say, "I fuck his wife in his bed, in his bed." And Rafe, they they inevitably had to cancel the press conference because this guy was so out of control. Did you know that on the set of PBC Kate to Kate? I that same day that we were going to shoot Darrell and Avni, I showed that video to the producers just to be like, hey, just so you know who we're about to get into bed with, they had to hire security that day, Rafe, okay? Because they didn't know if this guy was going to storm onto the set. And also, uh, Avni is friends with this real good guy, real cool guy who grew up in the States. Uh, his name is, uh, what the hell is his name? He's he like showed the, me his Instagram. Yeah, he's the biggest actor in Turkey, but he's American bloke, half Turkish, who, uh, who, like I said, grew up in Georgia or something. That guy was brought in to be the interpreter because he's friends with Avni, and the manager put up this fit and said, "No, I do the interpretation." It was this wild scene, Rafe. Could you imagine this man going going at uh, Oscar? Some good look. That that is the thing that I would be most excited about. Uh, when I think of Canelo versus Yildirim, the the possible manager shenanigans, what kind of beef Mr. Oner could spark up with Oscar, with the Reynosos, with Guadalupe Valencia, I don't with, with everyone. You know, he he doesn't care. Bring it on. He 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 will he he will bring it too. Yes, indeed. Indeed. All right. Uh, quickly, let's run through it there. Uh, Rafe, a lot of controversy in that co-main event. Your boy, Ro- Roly. Uh, look, if you're going to, if you want to fight Tank, you got to beat Raleigh first. Uh, the unbeaten. This was a big fight. Mariñez deserves a shot at Tank. Yeah, man. the damn right. Uh, Jackson Mariñez, the, uh, Robert Garcia product, uh, unbeaten Dominican boxer, very slick. He outlanded the crap out of Romero over, uh, 12 rounds, both in terms of Total punches, jabs, and power punches. And Rafe, from the naked eye, I was scoring casually from home. At the end of that fight, I go, okay, Roley got exposed. He showed you that he's aggressive, that he can hit hard, but he just couldn't find the mark. He was urgent late. You know, he was, he was some things I liked. But look, clearly he's not the finished product we thought. That's an eight rounds to four, nine rounds to three maybe. And then the judges speak, and by the way, it was for an interim vacant WBA bastardized third redhead stepchild title. Uh, it was Frank Lombardi giving us a solid, a solid one eighteen one ten. Yeah, just I mean, just uh, just a solid with a one eighteen one ten for Roly Romero. But what concerned me more were my friends, Connecticut judges Glenn Feldman and Don Trella. Had it essentially seven to five and eight to four for Roley. <sighs> Rafe, what do we do with this? Because, uh, may, I mean, look, I'm friends with the guys. I they're they have tremendous judging records. Like they are some of the most solid guys in the game today. Could it be Rafe that without a crowd in the building, as you know, judges go round by round. They don't read Twitter. The fact that it's unanimous does that help the idea that maybe. We didn't see what we thought we saw with Steve Farhood scoring at 117-111 for Showtime in favor of Mourinho's. Do you give these guys anything short of 
either you're corrupt or you shouldn't be on your job anymore. Uh, no, I don't, Brian. There's no, there's zero, zero, zero explanation for it. It, it does not add up. It does not add up at all. It, it just seems like the house fighter was going to win that fight no matter what. And they made it happen. <sighs> you know, it's frustrating, right? Because you saw it coming the whole time. You know what I'm saying? You saw it coming a mile away. Boy, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. Um, so what do we do? We got a rematch, and Mourinho is. I hope not. No, no. I just, I. And the thing is, I saw that the BA is considering ordering a rematch, which I, uh, I guess is appropriate. It's not, look for Mourinho's. I guess it is the best thing, but I don't want to see that fight again. I honestly look. Roly, just stay your ass on the on YouTube telling jokes. That's all I need from you, actually. Okay, all right. Uh, did you see anything redemptive from no. Roly as a Mayweather no. prospect? No. Have you ever seen it? I, I I've not seen guys supposedly at that level telegraph their their overhand right so ridiculously, like loading up. It it, it I don't what is, does he where does he just sit sit in the Mayweather boxing club? And and laugh at people from while, while they while they train or something. Is he working out in there? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But that wasn't a great performance. It showed you that there's a long way to go. And he did look. I like a long way to go to where I like the to chutzpah. become what I like the chutzpah to, to quote Eric Raskin that he had in saying that uh, all the other lightweights in the world are scared of me and saying that I'm going to knock Mourinho's out in the most brutal way boxing has ever seen. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't that guy in the ring. I cannot believe he won the freaking unanimous decision. At least have the the good judges, like, have it even or have one for freaking uh, Mourinho's. But, no. I mean, 18 At least robbed to 10. the man with a draw. I mean, 18 to 10, right? You know, it's an effective robbery. It's still, it's still a robbery. Okay, Rafe? All right? You know? It was an effective robbery. It's still a robbery. It's a robbery. I don't care if it's fun. I mean, these. I mean, should those should my friends be flipping cheeseburgers? Uh, look, I don't. It's part of the game, man. If they 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 could they could replace them and then get the same exact results. So no, I don't. Let, I'm I'm fine if Glenn and Don and Frank and all and you know Avni, Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> let me keep judging. Who cares? Okay, that's our sport. That's boxing. Hashtag that. I mean, it is. It is what it is, Rafe. At the end of the day, uh, do you have any Otto Valine comments, or are you just happy that Travis Kaufman retired? Uh, I mean, Valine is interesting because he's. I, I just want to see how far he can take it. I want to see how good he is if he is, eh, because he's he's one of these guys who seems like he's bees across the board, right? He is. He doesn't. About, you're talking about titties. What are you talking about? Right oh now? no no no. He's well, I guess so because like, size, like is that where you're going? they're not spectacular, right? So maybe he's a little bit like that. They're bees across the what, board. What is this um, kind of a bust? Well, yeah. Oh no bust. no. What I mean is he's he he doesn't seem to be uh, truly brilliant in any one era area, right? But he's solid all around, and it's interesting to see how a guy like that, especially at heavyweight, where there are a lot of flawed fighters, where just being disciplined and smart and being in shape and being a little bit of an athlete and having some size and having enough of a punch to to protect you you know like he doesn't he doesn't jump off the screen at you but he also but his weaknesses don't jump off the screen either 
So I'm just, I, I would like to see him, you know, keep getting bigger fights and see where where that can go. Do you uh, do you believe or no, not do you believe you didn't hear last week when we had Otto Valin on the show because you don't li- do interviews or listen to them. But he admitted to sticking his thumb in Fury's cut and sort of said, you know, I regret it, but I needed to show him that I wasn't afraid. I think that that whole episode showed us that he's comfortable. You know, yeah. against the elite, he's comfortable on this. He wants to be great, and he's comfortable trying. Who knows if he'll get there? But is he just a just an out for the top four heavyweights, or will he ever put a? Will he ever look? A lot of us don't understand what it's like to strap it on, right? But does he? Will he? You know, um, I, I, that's why I'm interested in seeing it because look, we saw with you know Andy Ruiz beating Anthony Joshua in the first fight. Even you know they they are. Even the best heavyweights outside of Fury at his at his peak, I would say, are are all you know all have their weaknesses, all have their flaws, all make mistakes, and it doesn't take much in heavyweight boxing to turn the tables on something like that. So uh, I, I'm I just would like you know I think he's a worthy addition to that group. I, I wouldn't put him in like the the uh, the top group with your your boy Luis Ortiz quite yet, but he's right in the the mix with the other contenders, and I. I I want to start. I want to see those fights get made rather than Kaufman and the BJ Flores and all this other junk he's been doing. Strapping it on and going toe to toe with a foe is something most of us will never experience. Uh, Rafe on the streets of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Dazin was back. Uh, we had a big upset. We didn't really care too much coming in. Did you care on the way out when Cecilia Brekus showed a ton of? Um, sportsmanship goodwill class and losing a close decision to jessica mccaskill the reign is over she will not break joe lewis's record for 26 title defenses uh the end of an era if you will rafe did you um i think i think i had more care coming in than than going out of that fight because i you know it seemed like an intriguing matchup on paper it played out a lot like we thought it would but Watching it sucked, man. That, sh- that was sloppy, 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 sloppy. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't really say much because I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what I did watch though was your boy Israel Madrimov. That was a wild fight against unbeaten Eric Walker. Lands that leaping left hook in round ten, and referee Gary Ritter's like, no, 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 no. Fight ain't over. Uh, you get, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a push. Gave him five. Gave a knocked out man five minutes to recover. Madridov wins by decision, does a backflip, but breaks his uh, knockout streak at six and zero. How good is this cat, Rafe? It's it's really hard to tell with him. He he does a, some things that are that really you know they they take your breath away. He's got very fancy footwork. I don't like how much he he seems like he clowns too much for me. Too much dancing. Too much posing stuff like that and, and we've seen fighters i mean look if you look at a prince nasim someone who used all that to mess with his opponents but then finish them really quickly and i don't think i see quite as much explosive power in madrimov although obviously he he can punch a little bit and, and he can catch guys with shots that are, are they don't see coming he's a really he's a he's a very athletic guy um i don't if you if you asked me if you put a gun to my head and said right now do I think that he is going to compete with and be able to beat the Jermel Charlos, the the you know the J Rock Williamses, the Jarrett Hurds, the Aris Landi Laras? 
I don't know. I don't. I don't see that quite yet. I'm not ready to put him in that class. I think he's he he. You could call him a contender, or or say he will be really soon, even if he's not quite ready for that level. But and and want to see him against him. But I I'm I'm not willing to put my balls on the line wow. for Madrimov yet. You you will do things that other podcasters don't. And in fact, you will do anything for love, but you won't do that, Rafe. Okay? No, no, Speaking no, I won't do that. Mall and Dazon. Hey, man, y'all got to get on the phone with uh, dozen, dozen, a dozen couple of fighters with a dozen couple losses. They're gonna be whatever we call them. Okay. Speaking of the Dazon brothers, uh, Rafe, you 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 either a lion or you a snake, and uh, Mike, I mean Brian, BC. Uh, Rafe, did you happen to see this bizarre Instagram live in which Mel was on there, started talking trash about a recent Instagram live involving Maul, who was saying certain things they plan on doing with the Lions only brand that apparently Mel thinks he has more ownership in. And then Maul jumps in in the live thing and is like, whoa, bro, like calm down. And then it's on. I mean, it's on like Donkey Kong, Melson and Walda. Hell, I think he was even threatening to fight it. Rafe, are we going to see some uh, Charlo on Charlo crime one day? Meet me in the middle. Brian, these are your boys. Um, you you should be explaining what is going on with them to us. I have never really been all the way uh, in their talent. I'm I'm willing. I I believe in it to to a large degree, uh, but. I don't. They've always been such hotheads, uh, seemingly unnecessary. I, I, they're very, very, very quick trigger on these Charlo brothers. What are you uh, talking about? Here? And it's gonna I be mean, a fight that say, F- you and F- the U Bank and F- everybody else that's down Jamal Charlo. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put my life on the line. I hope you tune in. I keep tuning in though, Rafe. I was watching that Instagram live video, uh, and I'm like, yo, this is like someone who who it's like being around Mr. T in character, but that's his real uh-huh. personality. Just nonstop screaming like, like, Oh, I pity the fool. Like it was <laughs> just nuts. Yeah. Well, he is the best, right? You know, it's not, uh, you okay. Know the best. Yeah. I already know he, he runs hot. Brian, <laughs> I, it, look, I guess, I guess it, it could be natural, but like, the only thing I look at is like, yo, what drugs are you on? Like, yeah. what the, like, what? I mean, and that's not, that would be anyone. I don't know. He's just woo you out there out with uh, with uh, Benavides by the hot dog truck here. I mean, what's going on, right? I don't know, or if it's uh, if it's uh, maybe some of his supplements or have side effects. I don't know, bro. Whoa, that stuff whoa, is whoa, nuts. Whoa. Getting hit behind the ear can make you drunk all night long. Yeah, maybe it's just you know, maybe it's just I don't know. I don't have an answer to there, but um. They got sauce, okay? They got sauce. I like their. At sauce. the same, look, if if we finally get to see uh, a high level twins boxing match, yeah. who's, who's going to be upset about that? That would be insane. That would be the Charlo family. Insane. Uh, other news, Rafe. Top rank cuts ties with Chris Van Heerden, a former McGregor sparring partner and uh, a man who once got sent to hell by Errol Spence. Uh, he wants to go to the PBC because there's more options for a white man. There, Rafe. I added the white guy part. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, yeah. Okay. I I don't know. It's not very interesting to me. It's probably a good career move for him because he's right. His role in the 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 boxing world right now is basically 
as a guy who can come give a respectable performance and go, you know, six rounds at least, maybe get, get to a decision uh, against a top fighter coming off a loss. There is no such fighter really in the top rank universe for him to do that with. And no one will ever accept him going straight into a fight with Terrence Crawford because that's, I mean, like, you know, Mean Machine would probably beat him fairly easily. So uh, it makes more sense because Danny Garcia is probably going to be coming off a loss later this year and needing someone. Keith Thurman is coming off a loss, may need someone. And he and Van Heerden, I think, already kind of mentioned that possibility. So they... You know, you can get put into that blender and get beat up. You know, they, they need some more John Molina and Omar Figueroa's to beat up on. Uh, first of all, it's Danny's night, so give him a chance to win first before you say that. Second of all, do you know The Rock's ex-wife is named Danny Garcia, but with one N? I did not know that. Did you see the pipes on her? She is a... Uh, Wait, what, what does that even mean? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Well, not what you, not, not what you think it means. Uh, she is a weightlifting extremist. Okay. The guns, the guns on her. Extremist. So, like, look it up. Do you, does your Wi-Fi work? My Wi-Fi. Okay. Danny up. with an I. No, with an N, with one end, with one N and a Y. Okay. Oh, I see her. Because the two of them, they they still work together. Dwayne and Danny. She's an American business person. Yes. Let's see. Would you? Uh, uh... Oh, there's some guns. Yeah, that's like some some vintage China action. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, and when we think about Danny Garcia, this is all about Danny. He's had a big busy year. He wants to go out on a bang. Would you rather go out on a bang with Danny with one end or Danny Swift? I, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even. Don't even give me that, Brian. I'm not. I'm not going there with you. Okay. I, you know, it's not like I'm making Dillian references here. But Dylan White has one of the best sticks in the game. Okay. I wasn't going there. All right. I was just wondering your preference. When I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see that stick this Saturday. It's Mungia time, so to speak. Mungia is naked. I was just wondering what your preference was. Thank you. Okay. Um. Do you have a favorite CNG twin, or is this more for the uh, Patreon part of the show? Right. I, I, look, I imagine I don't even. It's got me thinking about Jermel and Jamal and the CNG twins. It could die. Danny, I, I took your belt and your sisters. Yeah, right, right. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I ain't knowing the best, yeah, man. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh my. Goodness. Okay, thank you. Um, Rafe, it appears that uh, that according to Aram, Thurman's people called about the Crawford fight, but they demanded crazy money. I think rumors up upwards of five million. So now it, the, the Crawford wish list for his return is Manny and Kell Brook, which means obviously it's not going to be Manny. So do you have any movement? Given Crawford has nobody else to fight except for those 140s who are about to move up, are you okay with Crawford Kelbrook? And do you think Bob gave any thought to Keith Thurman? Um, it doesn't sound like he gave any thought to Keith Thurman. Uh, if he's not willing to pay that money, if they don't, if that money's not available, then I guess that money's not available. I'm look for the first fight during the during this COVID era of sports, especially in boxing, uh, for anyone's first fight back. I do believe it's appropriate to be pretty lenient regardless because 
the options are not the same. The financial situation is not the same. There are all kinds of new constraints and weird things that no one really has control over. So if a fighter hasn't yet decided that he wants to fight for short money because he thinks there'll be more later on, then I'm willing. I'm not going to accuse him of ducking. I'm not going to accuse him of doing anything like that. I'm going to just be like, all right, look, see what happens. Wait, nothing wrong. If, it, if you want to wait and see, wait and see. Maybe the maybe pay scale will come up after that. Maybe it will stay down, and fighters will have to bite the bullet and and take less. I don't know. I hope they don't have to take less. But it, a lot. Look, I I I I took less. At least I'm working. Um, and sometimes people make that decision. Uh, and like. So so and and that goes with money that goes with opponents your first fight back especially everyone's been stuck in weird layoffs I don't I, I'm not holding it against anyone it's it's I, do I want to see the best possible fights yeah will I get more excited for Teofimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko fighting than Terence Crawford and Kell Brook hell yes I will be more excited for that but I'm not going to call it a black mark on Bud's career and you know you know me uh, besides ever since Ever since Special K Kell Brook, you know, really, really gave me the business by destroying my my upset pick of Yonut Jojo Dan <laughs> back in the day. Party I've the been Igloo, a believer yes. in the little chocolate brownies, Brian. Yeah, there's no more brownies left. Uh, uh, both eyes. Yeah, look, he's a fighter with no eyes left. Okay, there, there's. Uh, do you know how hard you have to hit a guy to break an eye socket? By the way, speaking of maybe not, maybe 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 not that hard in Kelbrook's case. Maybe he just has you know un- a very unfortunate weakness in his eye sockets. Also, man, he's had some injuries, right? I mean, like had his like leg chopped open yes. with a machete in Tenerife. So, both look, eyes. Can we broken. be honest? There's a story that no one talks about that's with that. That maybe um, his partner stabbed him. And that's why that story didn't escalate to like people going to jail. I look, man. I all kinds of weird stuff happens when uh, Brit British boxing people go on vacation. It's twenty twenty. Like, Your partner can stab you. It's okay, Rave. I know, but just like you got Jamie Moore getting shot up in Marbella, all kind, whatever goes on in Marbella, I don't want no parts of it. Okay. Um, it don't well, jab you, with a jabber, okay, bro? If Deontay doesn't jab, Tyson Fury would jab. And, you know, Deontay shouldn't allow that. that him, He shouldn't allow him to jab before he and him not jabbing. So he should jab with the jabber. Uh, Yeah, okay. Rafe, you're going to take a pee break now? All right, go for take it. Go for it. Let me pause the show, okay? And we're back. Rafe is a relieved man. And, Rafe, did you catch uh, quickly uh, Carl Frampton and Mick Conlon had wins over the weekend in that little studio there in Europe somewhere on the plus? I thought Frampton looked really good. Good to really good. I thought he got hit more than he should have. Conlon is the guy who I didn't think looked good at all until he, you know, and he looked like he wanted a way out. He kept punching people in the bag. And then out of nowhere, he explodes with the kind of knockout finish we don't normally get. From the great Mick Conlon, uh, you have any additional thoughts on these white guys? Uh, you know that that was their COVID comeback fight. I hope to, to see them in, you know, more more real matchups soon. I, I guess they're still trying to make Frampton versus Jamel Herring. That's a good fight. It's a, I think that's a difficult a difficult fight for Frampton just because of how, um, you know how how much bigger Jamel Herring will be, uh, but at the same time. Frampton seems comfortable with with fighting taller guys, and I think 
I, I've always been a believer in his talent. I'd li- I'd like to see him, you know, give it a shot to, to try and become a, 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 a titleist in a third weight class. Uh, Conlin, I don't know. Other than him being in the Olympics and flipping the birds, does any of it matter to you? Well, that one Conor McGregor night when he called uh, Dan Raphael uh, Mr. Boxing, uh, that was the – is that the highlight of Mick Conlon's career up to this point? I thought Conor was the guy who did that. Conor was, yeah, but I'm saying is that night the, the, the pro debut on St. Patrick's Day, is that still the highlight of Mick Conlon's career up to this point? Well, definitely that was the best outfit of his career coming in in that terrible like green Buster Rhymes hat. We're turning on him slowly, but I think we need a little bit more from him. I don't know if he has the power to compete with the true elite or the boxing. Like he's 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 pretty damn good. I don't know if he's great. I don't know if he has the chance to get to be great. Well, what do you think? They say he's moving down to 122 and might try and oh, challenge for a title there. Do you, maybe maybe he'll have a little bit more pop. He, he'll he'll be able to uh, you know, and he does have a win over Murajan MJ Akhmadaliev, who ah. we like very much. A, a, from the Olymp- from from the uh, I think the World Championships. May- so yeah, don't forget, Jaron's dad is in that division right now, going for another bill. All right. No, he's not. Is he? No, yeah, he's, he's at one eighteen. U- Ubali. Uh, oh, is that one eighteen? Yeah. Come oh, on. Oh, I'm man. sorry. It's come it's a new moving up. A new way moving up to one deuce deuce, right? It could happen. To, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, he likes it. Look, I like to drink the deuce deuce Mickey's. That's yeah, all I, I know. I don't. I don't you know, my my I'm 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 a regular fan at this point. It's making a wee bit of a mockery of a sport that I love, and I don't like it. Thank you. All right, uh, Rafe. We're gonna I'm like a YouTuber. We got a lot of uh, of of finding out whether you care because there's a lot of box on over the next six days. Uh, you kind of look like Joe, a, a young Joe Goose in there as you took the hat off and let the uh, the mane flow. You you grow well, that salad out, Rafe? Not really uh, intentionally, but I got no real other choice these days, Brian. So, yes. Okay. Well, the first thing I do is make him toast my salad. Is that what you tell the barber when you walk in? I ask for extra syrup. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey, we're going to go to Clay Collard. He's back this weekend in a featured middleweight bout on this uh, ESPN card, ESPN Plus. That's uh, Elider Alvarez and Joe Smith Jr., the uh, the plasterer of the local union. Uh, Clay Collard's a, a UFC veteran. He's a PFL fighter on the MMA side, and he has been on some kind of run lately, taking fights every week and winning them against prospects that he, in theory, shouldn't, that it seems like Grandpa and Top Rank have turned the corner. This is an Evan Korn special. He said, you got to talk to my guy. I talked to him. It's coming up next. Enjoy. All right. Let me talk to this guy right here. Let me talk to the fighter who's having the best pandemic quarantine of anyone else in the boxing game clay collard long time coming man how you doing i'm i'm doing very well thank you for asking yeah absolutely um top rank putting out a fight card this weekend saturday october august 22nd on the plus from the mgm bubble but the poster has a picture of clay collard middleweight prospect on it we didn't have this relationship with Top Rank just a few months ago. How do you describe this whirlwind you're on right now? Man, I'm I'm just super stoked, you know, that that people are taking notice and and uh, you know, I've been I've been working really really hard, so um I'm just happy people are taking notice and excited to see me fight, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you went from uh 
I guess being brought in as an opponent a couple times with PBC, with Top Rank, to opening up a lot of our eyes with these upset wins. You've won four in a row. Uh, you know, what did we get wrong in not realizing a guy in you who's got a boxing background, has an MMA background? What did we all miss in not seeing this coming? Um, I, I just don't think anybody took notice until, until I beat those couple prospects. You know, I was, I was fighting the toughest guys from the very start of, you know, boxing. So, uh, I just don't think anybody, anybody took notice until, you know, it was too late Where's for your, them anyway. Yeah, for sure. And I'm wondering where your mindset is at, because it's one thing to fire yourself up when you believe you're a spoiler and you believe you have nothing to lose and everyone's overlooking you. And then it's another thing when they put you on the poster and you're you're like a hot prospect of the moment. Do you still feel like you're fighting to show that you belong? Um, I mean, I've always believed I belonged. Um, it, it was everybody else that was doubting me. So yeah, n- n- nothing's really changed for me. I'm still working hard and I still love fighting. So. Like, you know, I, I I just don't think anybody knew what was coming with me. And, you know, being an MMA guy who had a, you know, I had a good record. But what I wasn't, I didn't ever do nothing great in MMA at the time. And so, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm I'm gunning for a big name, man. Uh, I, I do this because I love it and I want to do it for a living. So I'm I'm hoping to start making some bigger paydays. And nothing's changed for me, man. I'm staying the course. Absolutely. Uh, this will be your uh, – you're actually 4-0 in 2020, but you've got three straight wins over previously undefeated prospects, and this will be your third bubble appearance with top-ranking ESPN since June 18th. Do you like it this way where you're – you know, that phone can pick up any day and you could be a week or two between fights? Is this your gunslinging style? Yeah, man, I, I stay ready to fight. So I, I'm in the gym every day, regardless of if I have a fight or not. So I, I stay ready just in case that call comes. Um, you know, we kind of we we kind of knew that we were fighting in a month, and you know, we might be fighting next month as well. We we kind of have that idea. So uh, I'm just working hard, man, and I I love fighting. So line them up. Yeah, right. You're, uh, this will be a card headline, of course, by middleweight Rob Brandt, a growing name. But your middleweight contest will feature you against Maurice Williams. Uh, what are you thinking about this fight? What's at stake for you? How, how different is this fight compared to the others now that, you know, we're talking to you? We're anticipating seeing you fight each time. Um, Now I, I fight everybody like they're they're world champ, you know. I fight everybody like it's my toughest fight because it is because it's my next fight. So I I just hope you I hope that people enjoy watching me and I, I'm gonna go after him and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put him away, you know. So indeed, indeed. Uh, I spoke uh, too soon. Rob Brand on this card against Kapalenko, but of course the. Headliner on this fantastic ESPN Plus offering is Lauder Alvarez and Joe Smith Jr. Looking forward to all of those. But, Clay, we know you've got uh, 
plenty of MMA experience, including that run in UFC. You, you took a loss to, to a guy who was a superstar today in Max Holloway. When you look back at your time in the octagon, uh, any regrets? What do you sort of take from that now? Um, you know, I was, I was young and, and I wasn't as focused as I am today. So, you know, it was a learning experience. Um, I definitely learned a lot. I've been, been in there with the toughest guys around, so I ain't scared to fight anybody. Um, but I, I just take it as a learning experience. I, I think it helps set me up for this success I'm having now going through those trials and, and, you know, not making it in the UFC and everything like that. So yeah, I just take it as a learning experience and, and it got me ready for this. So. Uh, you're, you're becoming one of the rare fighters who can fight in two different big-time combat sports at a very high level. So what is your mixed martial arts future, given that your boxing run is kind of blowing up at the moment? I'm um, sorry, you kind of broke up there. Could you say that again? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you're, be, you're proving you can compete in both sports at a fairly high level. So, you know, what is your future in MMA, considering how good things are going in boxing right now? Um... I mean, I, I have a PF, PFL season coming up um, for mixed martial arts. Uh, that is a tournament to win a million dollars, and I plan on winning that tournament and, and holding that belt as long as I can and then uh, possibly coming back over to, to boxing. You know, I, the, the greatest part is I have options, and, and a lot of people don't, so. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when it comes to these options and the idea that, you know, I mean, you have the PFL season structure coming up, so you know when things come back, you'll be able to fight. But the idea that you could maybe be getting a call at any time for, for either sport, is it easy to to fight boxing one day and mixed martial arts a month later? Is is the skill set per, pretty comparable for you, or is there, is there major changes in your preparation? Um, I mean, it's just, changing the mindset a little bit to to deal with the wrestling and the takedowns and the jujitsu. Other than that, I'm going to try to box people, man, regardless if I'm MMA fighting or boxing, I, I like to throw my hands. So um, I'm going to get in there and fight my fight either way. Um, and it, it's just, you know, being prepared for those other outcomes that mixed martial arts has. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it says I've got differing reports on where you grew up, Idaho, Utah. What's the, what's the backstory on Clay Collard? So I grew up in a small town in Castledale, Utah. That's where I grew up um, from a baby all the way to the age of eighteen. So. All right, all right. Is there a uh, a lot of noise going back in the hometown these days? Are people seeing you on TV, seeing the success you're having? Um, yeah, man, I get, I get messages on, on, you know, my Facebook, my Instagram from people back home all the time, and uh, you know, just congratulating me on the success of having, having and stuff like that. So, uh, it's nice. Now, now I'm in Idaho. I, I moved out here and, uh, the, the whole community out here has really gotten behind me and, um, you know, they love having me here and I love being here. So I'm, I'm super stoked on that as well.
For sure. Now, look, let's talk about this nickname. It's getting a lot of attention, even more than your big wins. Cassius Clay Collard. To some people, that's blasphemy to take the name of the great Ali. Talk me through this decision. Yeah, well, so I used to have another nickname um, back when I very first started fighting. My I worked at a swimming pool, and my boss gave me the nickname Blackout because in my very first fight, I knocked the guy out in 12 seconds. So he's like, man, you blacked that guy out. So that's what he started calling me. And I, I had that nickname until I fighted, until I started fighting for an organization called uh, Showdown. And the promoter, um, you know, he's just like, I, I don't like your nickname. And back then when I was a little younger, I used to run my mouth a little more. So I... um I told him, you know, there's only one other nickname I'll, I'll take, and that's because my name is Clay. So that's kind of how Cassius Clay came about. <laughs> but seeing you in the ring, man, uh, you mix it up. There, This isn't some shoe-shining, shoe uh, float-like-a-bee type deal. Uh, Cassius Clay Collard comes to bring it. So uh, how are you catching these prospects off guard lately? Is, is, it, is it your physicality? What has been the, the secret to your success in there? Man, I, I work really hard and I'm and I'm really really tough and um I, I'm just I'm just breaking them, man. Uh, yeah, you know my coach is always saying, you know they they might be a better boxer than me, but I am a better fighter than they are. So, um yeah, it's fighting, man, and and it's something I'm good at and it's something I love to do. So I just get in there and fight them. And are you, uh, I mean, are you trying to stay to traditional boxing roots or does anything from the MMA side come out in the boxing ring that, that has given you an edge? Um, I, I mean, I'm a little unorthodox and, and I think uh, when people try to clinch me up, um, you know, and grab me in boxing, I, I think the MMA work helps there. Um. My angles are a little different as well. Um, I think that is catching people off guard. Uh, just because MMA is, you know, you can kick, you can elbow, you can punch, you can knee. So um, I, I think I set stuff up differently. Not like a traditional boxer, but in, in a way that works. So. Yeah, it's working. It is working in a big way. Uh, excited to see this going. Uh, it's working to the level that, that Grandpa... Bob Arum, the legend, the Hall of Famer, uh, you're on his radar. You, you're getting to, to work for him under his banner. What's that relationship been like? He's a character. We love we love the grandpa around here. Yeah, um, my whole experience with Top Rank has been phenomenal. They've been amazing. And, you know, Bob has been, you know, open arms the whole time. Um, you know, he's asking me for pictures after the fights and I'm like, I should be asking you for pictures, <laughs> you know? So, um, just, it's been a great experience and I, I've really enjoyed top rank. They're very professional and, and, uh, they're very family oriented. So, um, I, I've really enjoyed my experience with them. All right. Looking up and down your MMA record. This is for the hardcores only. Uh, we're going to get this Justin Buckholtz trilogy. The world's waiting here, Clay. Oh, man, he don't want that. He don't want this smoke. 
<laughs> Coach of the Stars, Justin Buckle, Joel. I guess it'll go down with one and one for the two of you. But your focus is on boxing this Saturday. Uh, that loaded card I mentioned there, you're going to be on there in a featured bout against uh, – against uh, where, where, where's this guy's name? I'm, I'm well prepared, as you can hear. Uh, Maurice Williams. Williams. Uh, Maurice Williams. What are we looking out for? What should we expect from the, from the Clay Collard experience this weekend? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried. I'm, I'm fighting him like he's the next great thing. So I, I'm going to come out there and, and bring my fight to him and, and fight my fight. And, and it's going to be a bad night for him. Clay, is this a Rocky story or is this just you kind of coming into a new confidence level later in your run? What's the, what's happening here? Man, it's it's definitely somewhat of a rocky story, you know. I've have had my fair share of trials and tribulations, and you know, me and my coach both, and and we we found each other, and um, we just work well together, and we make it work together. So, you know, I've I, I when I was signed with the UFC, and I was I was going through some tough times in, in my personal life, man, and and kind of I was kind of lost a little bit. Didn't know if I wanted to keep fighting. I almost I took a two year break just to kind of get away and and see what I wanted to do in life. And you know I made up my mind that I want to fight and and I want to be one of the best fighters in the world, whether it's boxing or mixed martial arts. And and I, I'm focused and and I'm chasing after those dreams. So, um, you know, it's gonna take it's gonna take a locomotive to derail me right now. So I love that attitude. Can't wait to check you out this Saturday night, Clay. It's been a long time. Excited to chat with you, man. Best of luck in the future. Thank you very much, sir. Hope you have a great day. All right, special thanks to Clay Collard. Uh, he's an Idahoan now, Rafe. He's a former skinhead who may still be. He's just living right now. He's a simple man, okay? I know you didn't hear that, but he's a simple man. Good. Look, it's been fun to watch these fights, especially that two-round war at the beginning of the year when he took out whoever that prospect was. Uh, it'll be, you know... Good for him. Enjoy the ride. I see how far he can take it. It'll be cool. Thank you. I enjoyed that. All right. Okay. Uh, we got a loaded weekend of fights coming at us. Uh, a lot of to, to preview, a lot to try to care about. How about this guy, B-Sample Bloke, sliding into our DMs, getting all kinds of excited last night about Elida Alvarez, Joe Smith, and then you just dropping a fresh, hot Dougie Fisher on them and uh, – I love how Bloke can have intimate DM conversation with us while we openly question who he is, who he works for, whether we know him. Right? He's Bloke. You know? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Exactly. I don't know if I can trust this man anymore, okay? But what happened to Godinez? He just, you know, was a good segment. I mean, he's probably waiting for boxing to come back too. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Rafe, uh, here we go. Let's start. And I wanted to start off this and say that boxing will be in your city Thursday night. Are you prepared? UFC Dimitri Salida. Vladimir Shishkin will take on Oscar Riojas, 10-round super middleweights. I don't know the venue. Please tell me it's the Masonic Hall. Please. No, no. It's at, it's at the, the new Kronk Gym. 
So that's kind of a nice a nice spot to have. It's historic. Hey, don't you have sugar uh sugar ray baby flow on there? Flores? Uh is that true? I don't I know, maybe. It's probably he's pretty close. He's nearby in Chicago, right? Uh, he lives in uh, L.A. these days, but yes, he is a Chicagoan uh, as well. Uh, you don't care about this, right? Can you go to it? No, you to no, it? you can't go. And um, it's it's UFC Fight Pass, so it'll be difficult to watch. And I think I've seen Shishkin fight on Showbox, but I don't really know anyone else on the card. Okay. Well, hey, let's go to Friday night, Kissimmee, Florida. Telemundo, Saul Juarez versus Axel Aragon Vega, 10 rounds, junior flyweights. Do you care, Rafe? No, sir. Okay. Here's where we do care. I can't believe this is happening with no fanfare whatsoever. Friday. I don't know if it's day or night, but in Cantabria, Spain, my campeón, sexy Sergio, is back. It's actually happening. Former middleweight champion Sergio the Great Maravilla Martinez will take on Jose Miguel Fandino. Rafe, what should I know about Fandino and the idea that Sergio, who has said in this build, I've learned how to punch. I never was a puncher. I learned how to sit down on my punches and throw for power. What are we going to see here in this fight? The great Fandino. Um, I actually watched a little bit of his stuff on YouTube because I, I care about our campeón. Uh, I want his knees to respond. I want to see. Look, if he's going to do this, I hope that he at least uh, – you know, beats up the these mid mid level fighters. Like, uh, hopefully, he'll still have enough in the tank to do with our guy Fandino, uh, or Fandino, I should say. And if not, then uh, you know, I'd also like to see him make a bunch of money if he's got to lose. So, in this case, I just want to see him win. I want to see him have fun, get those juices flowing again. I think, depending on how Sergio looks, depending on how the knees are responding, and the rest of his what? How old is he? Forty. 48, 45, maybe. Yeah. However, he's responding. Uh, I think it is. I can see him winning this fight because Fandino, uh, he's 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 a little bit of a ginger. All right. That's a problem. And uh, he, he's not great. I, I, I watched him. Some uh, Venezuela, some uh, Venezuela guy. Knock him out in two rounds. Uh, uh, he's Jose Miguel Fandino is fifteen and six is his record. Eight KOs. He's thirty six from Spain. Uh, my Wi-Fi will not let me look for more. I am not ginger. <laughs> I was like, mate, I've seen your profile bit. You're hundred percent ginger. I've got nothing wrong with ginger people. I like ginger people. Uh, he currently but embrace has, it. Uh, embrace Embrace it. Uh, okay, so most recently he beat Sergio Fernandez, who was unbeaten by TKO. He dropped two in a row in 2019, Rafe, including to Sergio Fernandez by split decision. Uh, yeah, he did beat a, a man in 2018 who was making his pro debut, whose first name is Ionut. Oh, a Yonut. I love the Yonuts. Yes, yes. All right. Well, Rafe, how do we find a stream here? Do we have to follow Tim Boxeo on Twitter? Uh, Tim Boxeo would be a good start. I've I've had pretty good luck googling streams for Spanish fights before. I remember I was able to get one of uh, my, our guy Carmen Leheraga's uh, fights against when uh, David Avenesian sent him to hell. I yes. think the second time that Avenesian really sent him to hell in like one round. Uh, so, but you gotta be you gotta be 
uh, diligent. You got to stick to it. You have to be persistent, Brian, because the stream doesn't always come through on the first try. You got to you got to click around a little bit. You got to be willing to get some Russian malware. You got to get your hands dirty, but it'll be there. Come on, for Sergio, you would not do this for Sergio. Yes, I would. But how is the zone not jumping on this? Somebody plus how many ESPN plus cards do we see with no no redeeming value for MTK and the US and we can't get this card on here? I, I agree. There's also I mean the undercard I wouldn't call it good, but there are fighters people oh, yes. have heard of before. People. Sergio Ramos, who actually is he's an undefeated uh junior middleweight who who we saw beat the breaks off of your boy Ted Cheeseman a couple of years ago, and I don't look. Do I think that he's going to come over here and beat uh, a Jamel Charlo? Probably not. But he's a guy who who is not far from getting into a mandatory shot type position. We've seen him fight before. He's he's a good solid European style boxer. We know what that means. But that's that's not a terrible. There's a, there's you could justify putting this on the plus. Like some of those weird Kazakhstan MTK cards. I hope that uh, Champion's opponent shows up in those Lenny Bowtie tennis shoes with the, uh, with the, uh, yeah, the Hitler tattoos on him. Uh, uh, also, we got, we can, we can put Kiko, Kiko Martinez yes, is on the, the card. Husk of Kiko Martinez will go eight rounds featherweights against no Martinez Regosa. All right. Uh, it's rare that we mention Hitler on the show. Am I just describing things? Or am I engaged in some kind of Hitler-esque eugenics talk? Okay, Rich, where we go, Rafe, where the hell are we going on that? Where? What is that about? Okay, then, yes, excellent. Uh, all right, uh, Rafe, here we go. It is Saturday. It's Vegas. ESPN Plus. We talked about it before. A light heavyweight title eliminator, former champion, the Storm, Elider Alvarez. He once sent Sergey Kovalev to the deep dark depths. Uh, we'll take on Joe Smith Jr., a blue-collar puncher who once ended Bernard Hopkins' career worse than a 12-ounce bottle of soda. Or Sorry, 16-ounce. Uh, you have already shatteth on this fight in the bloke's DM, but in reality, it could be, it could be a challenge, right? I think it's it's a it's a good fight that needs to happen. I I think it the some of the enthusiasm in media over this fight to me re it suggests that just we're starved for anything. It's there hasn't been a lot of high level well matched boxing, and this this I think clears that bar. I call me I don't know maybe I'm missing it. I have never been a big later alvarez man is just never does it for me he, he fights at a pretty slow pace he's he's hair. obviously knows what he's doing he's a good fighter but i he, even the, the the michael seals fight from earlier this year that ended in a great knockout the first seven or eight round however long it went the first six seven eight rounds of that were really really boring and and alvarez is winning he's in control but it wasn't much fun i think the good th- we we can be hopeful here because joe smith really only has that one gear right he's going to move forward throw big punches uh you're gonna say he only defend himself a little he will come forward connect the electricity to your house and uh turn on the cable um yeah i I think uh so so i i think people are right that this could turn out to be a fun a fun fight i also think they overrate alvarez a little bit saying oh he, he could be like maybe the third best light heavyweight well maybe but that's because we're down to really just a two-man division at this point 
between Bivol and Better Biev, and no one else really matters, in my opinion. I hate to say that's not fair. They're world-class fighters, but there's the, 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 the chasm between those two Russians, those Russian fighters, and that woman judge, and then the rest is big. It's a big difference to me. Brian? Okay, okay. We did bring in uh, Al Bundy for his thoughts uh, on this. Uh, the Russian, I think, is is more to my liking. Uh, okay. Rafe, well, riddle me this, though, about the guy that we love there, Joe Smith uh, Jr. And the plasterer for the local council. Uh, his only way to win is to punch. Yes. But if he gets into a war with the Storm... Isn't Alvarez a, a more technical, quicker puncher? He is, but Alvarez doesn't. I mean, I could see Joe Smith, depending on what kind of camp Alvarez has had. I mean, there's a lot. There's a little bit more randomness thrown into any fight now because of COVID, because of training conditions, because we just don't know how, you know, what the kind of conditions people have been operating under. So, there, I could see it if if uh, I could see Joe Smith outworking or just being too much pressure because Alvarez. Can you think of many fights where he fought at a fast pace? No. And so, if Joe Smith can, you know, stay in the pocket, close distance, keep uh, and not get hurt badly, right? Because he's going to take some shots coming in. He's he's not that great of a defensive fighter, but he also seems like he's been very resilient throughout his career, right? So if he can keep some pressure on, you could see him maybe breaking Alvarez down, maybe catching up to Alvarez late, or he, you know, he gives a game effort and gets beat by Alvarez, who is prepared and more talented and, and hits him with sharper punches throughout the night. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. is 25 and three. Only two of those losses have come, though, since he kind of took the sport seriously. And they were decision losses in which technique uh, outgunned him against Dimitri Bivol and against that uh, that Cuban fellow. What's his name? My Wi-Fi won't help me. Just in my head a minute ago. Um, the, Sullivan Barrera. Yes, Badeda. So uh, Joe Smith, you know, Joe Smith, is, he knocked out Andy Fanfari. He took a split decision over Jesse Hart. Well, you should, the, the, that's the thing. The fight, how was that a split decision, by the way? But he looked very good in that fight. Hart could not keep him off him. And that that look, that's the kind of situation where if, if Alvarez cannot discipline him or outbox him comfortably enough in the way that Bivol and Barrera did, which I think he can, but he he, he needs to actually do it. If, it. if that doesn't happen, then Joe Smith, I think, could surprise people in this fight he's yeah. he the effort is always there with him he's always in shape and he's always got power don't fall in love with the smooth taste of the fool's gold though that does come from beating fon ferry we've fallen for that before rafe okay one of the best boxing towns in the united states of america yeah where's that is chicago oh chicago chicago yes. Right, think Alphonse Fanfari. Think about that oh, yeah. bad Italian gangster, Alphonse Fanfari. All right, let's roll on on the, that The card. Don of Cicero. Uh, Rob Brandt, former secondary or maybe real middleweight champ, can't keep up, will be in that co-main event 10 rounds against Vitaly Koplinko. Do you care? Uh, Rob Brandt can be fun to watch. I'll check it out. Okay, Clay Collar, the aforementioned Rafe, he's going to take on Maurice Williams. A six. What happened? I thought he was fighting like Chris Congo or something. No, Maurice Williams, who uh, the Vegas has collared as a massive favorite. So it kind of feels like this is maybe a reward. Like, hey, top ranks, like 
bro, Grandpa brought you in here to be the uh, I have a fight with a white guy. Uh, Maurice Williams, like Mo Williams? Mo Williams? Like like the former Cavs all-star guard point guard? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, no. Pulling up from deep. Uh, no. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, this seems like they're setting him up to win after putting him in fights where he wasn't supposed to. You would agree with that, right? Yeah, that seems, and especially since they're putting him on podcasts, right? They're probably not throwing, rolling him in there as uh, as chum for someone. Uh, good. Uh, look, he, he he probably deserves a night like this, and hopefully he's approaching it with the same amount of urgency as he has all those times he's been brought in as the opponent and upset the apple cart because he, you know, he he's been on the other side of that equation, and he probably doesn't want it to happen to him. Uh, Hammerhands Julian Rodriguez also on this undercard. I'm a big fan of him, a Jersey guy, uh, in a junior welterweight bout against Anthony Loriano. Uh, Duke Reagan in a four round featherweight bout to open the card. Isn't that that new prospect they signed? Yeah, it's a huge signing. I, I look, I didn't watch him in the amateurs, so I'm excited to see what he looks like as he begins his career. Okay, thank you very much. Indeed. All right, player. Player, this isn't round two or round three. You're running out of time. We are running out of time in the show. We'll go Saturday, Los Angeles, Fox, Microsoft Theater, PBC on Fox, Rafe. This is the first of those uh, oddly matched main events, but an okay card overall. Sean Showtime Porter going to go in there in a WBC and IBF title eliminator uh, against the unheralded, unbeaten, and not particularly good German Sebastian Formella. Rafe, I had to do a little bit of research to write the preview story. I watched some of his fights. Uh, uh, he's 32. He's got bad hair. He's unbeaten. He doesn't knock people out. He's quick to a degree, but he throws a really telegraphed looping right hand. Rafe, he's going to get sent to hell by Porter's ultimate sack here. Um yeah, that, I mean, that's really what I got for you. I did see a, a press release come in from uh, from Sebastian's media day, and he says, quote, I'm ready to do whatever it takes to win. This could be Lenny Bowtie's like like younger brother who didn't end up in jail and get uh, and get tats with Remy uh, of swastikas <laughs> from higher learning. Um, Lenny and Remy. Um Ryan, yeah. Uh, the only the thing I'm looking forward to most of this fight is the that that awesome moment before the the opening bell rings when you get to see the the Sean and Kenny Porter mind meld where they go forehead to forehead, tip to tip in your in the, the way you like to do it, and you just see that that bond. I mean, I, I don't know that 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 I, that moment always hits me in the feel spot because that that's that's close, man. Yeah, that, that shit's close. Um, Formella uh, apparently got rounds with Ordenis Ugas last week ahead of this after flying to the States. I don't know what that will mean, Rafe, right? I mean, you could spar Floyd Mayweather all you want, too, right? Look, it, it made Spadafora a legend. Okay, that's true. That is true. All right, well, look, Showtime Sean with a win. What? What do you think he's going to face? Do you think it's most likely that he faces probably a, a low shot at getting Manny, which is his, his dream fight? How about him and Thurman? You down? Yeah, I'd love to see them run that back. The first that was that was a ah, man. That fight was fun. Porter fought his balls off. That was a great and, fight. CBS. That yeah. was on big CBS. All yeah, right? that was a really good one. I would love it if they could bring, if they could run that back and and they could in today's day and age that would be an acceptable pay per view. You know, even people would gripe a little bit, but compared to what shoot compared to uh, 
Never mind. Never Compared, mind. Never, I'm not going to compare it to any of the Showtime okay. pay-per-views, which are also excellent. Thank you. Okay, indeed. Uh, I am a Showtime employee and subscriber. Thank you. Okay, and CBS. That fight was on CBS. Like CBS Sports. This isn't like, you know, bloody elbow or something. You know what I mean? CBS Sports fucking wrote it. Damn right they did, okay? Uh, Rafe, also in that co-main event, your towering Inferno six foot seven Sebastian Fundura in a very tough fight against Nathaniel Gallimore, the Jamaican who can, who can bang a little bit. Uh, we're going to find out. We talked about this when the schedule got announced, but uh, what's your fear level for the man who puts the fun in Fundora? My fear level is quite high. Um, this is not Gallimore is a real fighter, and I don't. I, we haven't really seen the towering Inferno in a kind of step up match like this before, and and we did see him draw with what Jamonte Jamonte Clark last year. It's uh, I look. I love the, I love this man. He's really tall. I think it's I think it's very interesting to see a big, tall, skinny praying mantis man fight at 154 pounds. But I, I, I don't think he's going to be victorious in this one, Brian. All right. The fourth and final fight camp in Eddie Hearn's backyard. First of all, thank you, Eddie, for this. Thank the great Eddie Hearns. Uh, we'll go down this Saturday. It's a Sky Sports pay-per-view. DAZN finally picked up the tab for it stateside. Rafe, it's a good one. It's a good-ass fight card. The main event, Dillian White will bring his stick against Alexander Povetkin. What's at stake here is the WBC interim heavyweight title, which basically means you're the number one contender to Tyson Fury. White already has that. He's putting it on the line here. Uh, Povietkin Rafe has basically framed this as a last chance, his last opportunity in his early 40s to go out there and make something happen on the pseudo title level. White unbeaten in 11 fights since the loss to Anthony Joshua, in which he did look good and did wobble a young AJ. And he's beaten Rafe. Joseph Parker, he's beaten Chisora twice. He's on a hell of a great run. What do you like here? What does this look like? Because I feel like old Povetkin, remember the guy from the David Price fight? He's gonna, You're going to knock him out, but he's going to come close and try to knock you out on the way there. He throws hands, Rafe. You remember what he did to AJ? He made that a little testy, a little testicular, if you will. The guy has balls, Rafe. Are you excited at all about this? For sure. Look, I'm, I, I am excited. I have been excited. Brian, I like Povetkin in this fight. I, Whoa. I've been a, yeah, I don't see what's wrong with that. He, people always give Dillian White credit for his resume at heavyweight. And in recent years, it has been excellent by heavyweight standards. I don't know. I think, I think that, uh, Povetkin's might be better overall, or he has a lot of, he has as many quality wins over time. I think the only one that I wouldn't, I think the only the, the the one he can't match is the win over Joseph Parker, who is really good in his own right. Um, Burger but King, yeah. Burger but King. um, what are you saying? Burger King. Oh yes, Burger King. Yes. Uh, but Brian Povetkin. Okay, let's look at let's look at let's look at Dillian White here for a second. He left his trainer. He was training with somebody with some with somebody of his in Portugal. He brought he brings in Dave Coldwell, who is a really good trainer, yeah. this week to be a, a second voice in his corner. He was badly out of shape for his fight last December. Now we've seen some video of him shirts on, so you can never tell, but he looks he looks like he's back in shape. So that is a good sign for Dillian White. But Dillian White, I I just don't think he is that. I, I, 
I, I think he is not as good as Povetkin. Povetkin's really good. Wow, he was I good. Didn't, at, I didn't at, see this coming. He pulled him. that draw out of his butthole after Michael Michael Hunter jumped on him early in that fight and almost almost got him out of there in the first round. Uh, he's been in with you know with AJ and Klitschko and and a lot of. Very Rafa, high level fighters. He he knocked out the Takams and the Mike Perez's and those types. And I, I look, I, I trust the Russian pharmacy over the Portuguese pharmacy. And you know both these guys have multiple positive tests in their past, so they're 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 on whatever they need. They're drinking the bottle that you know that 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 their guys mixed. There's uh, a phrase out there: PEDs. Uh, no, Brian. Look, I I just think that uh, I I fight. think this is set up for for Povetkin right here. Wow. Okay. Well, look, Povetkin. We remember the 2013 loss to Klitschko, in which the referee did not give him a chance, and he came out there ready to bang and throw hands, got pushed around and knocked down a bunch of times. Since then, Rafe, here's the ledger that you're talking so highly about: knocks out Manuel Char, knocks out Carlos Takam, stops Mike Perez, stops Marius Wak knocks out the fisherman Johan Duhapis. Decisions Rudenko. Decisions Christian Hammer. Not not Christina Hammer. That would be a different kind of decision, if you know where I'm going with that. Uh, knocks out David Price. Looks okay against AJ. Takes a decision from Huey Fury and survives in that draw against Michael Hunter. Yeah, that, ain't, that ain't bad, but are you worried at all about being 40? About being shopworn? Isn't Dillian White a little fresher? Save for the out of shape talk that you just mentioned. Of course, but Povetkin has been old for years, right? He's, I mean, he's he's been fighting at the same level throughout the back half of his thirties. So I don't, and we saw him fight in in December and look pretty much the same. So I'm not that worried. A few months, you know, six eight months later, that he looks, you know, that that he's going to have gotten old overnight. Of course, that does happen in boxing, but I. I just feel like he's been at this level for a while. He's still very good. And I think this is the kind of fight he can win. He's he's been outclassed by you know, by Vlad and and AJ over and even that. He was live early. He caught AJ in at the end of that first round with a little sneaky, you know, quick jumping left hook that, you know, almost could have it wasn't definitely got AJ's attention, made him tighten up a little bit for a couple rounds before you know, before the power shone through, um, I, 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 Povetkin, I, I believe is underrated. I think that he's being. I, this is close to a fifty-fifty fight in my book, and I, I would, and I definitely like him as an underdog. Wow. Okay. Well, what Dillian White over that same stretch? You said you like Povetkin's resume a little bit better. He uh, gave Dave Allen his first loss. The two wins that means Tessera nothing that I mentioned. He got a decision over Robert Hellenius, knocked out Lucas Brown to give him his first loss. Decision Joe Parker, knocked out Chisor in the rematch, took a decision from Oscar Rivas and a very washed walk. Waka, waka. So it's close. Uh, they're going to brawl inevitably. And I just like the fresher 32 year old body snatcher to stop your guy Povetkin. That's I feel like life. Povetkin has better legs. I feel like he, even though he's older, he moves around the ring more. He's in and out. He's more of an in and out fighter. Uh, White is, is you know, is very tough. Has that great. They both have really good left hooks. White seems to have, seems to be more explosive, at least lately, the way he dropped Chisora with it. The way, I mean, I don't know if I care that much about the way he dropped 
Lucas Brown with it, but he did put Joseph Parker down for the only time in Parker's career uh, with that left hook. So it is a serious weapon. Uh, I, I don't see White as having maybe he gasses a little bit. He fight he he doesn't he he doesn't pace himself. I think as expertly as Povetkin does. Maybe that's a a experience thing. Maybe I, I'm not sure, but. I I really think that Povetkin. I, this this is fifty fifty to me. And again, if they're giving, if I were betting, I would I would take that underdog. You know for sure. I wonder where Dwyer is going. I'm gonna have to check that out. But uh, thank you for the extra. Uh, anyone that wins money off of you, Rafe. Hey, thank you for that extra M, though. You, you the man, bro. Yeah, bro. Um, look, thank you, Eddie Hearns, for a fantastic co-main event. Katie Taylor, Delphine Pursoon, all four. I believe, lightweight titles on the line here, Rafe. Uh, the first fight, AJ Ruiz won Madison Square Garden. I was there on the floor. Rafe, it was one of the best fights of the year. I know you hate women. You hate women's boxing. You hate being there for women's but You hate previewing women's boxing. You hate women judges, okay? You hate fornicating, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep going. But this fight ruled, Rafe, and I think even you. Did you ever see it? Did you ever freaking see it? Yeah, I was watching because I wanted to see the main event. Okay, your thoughts, bro. It was alright. Why are you so... Why? Why? This is the kind of women's fight, Rafe, that should have pulled you a little bit closer so you can smell James Kirkland's musk. Um, I would have... I, 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 I was looking forward to Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano because they're both good boxers i would i would like to watch that matchup uh pursuit i know everybody's like oh pursuit got robbed it was an effective robbery ah man i just wasn't feeling it you know she's 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 too slappy and sloppy for me she has balls rafe we we got como we say huevos we got big balls huevos that's right yeah that's what i'm talking about she has huge ones rafe okay that belgian she's coming off a loss in the olympic qualifiers that Belgian cop, okay, she makes you fight her way. She stands square. She walks right into traffic and says, can you outlast me? Okay, Rafe? Okay? Look, how, how do these rematches often go between... The one with the skill wins out. The one who's yes. more skilled will figure out a way to keep this this rabid raccoon off of her okay or kovalev too. come in with a better game plan you've seen it all for 12 rounds and delvin now Pavel you can implement Wallach it too right delvin didn't get in a war that time <laughs> it's true he made the right he made the right decision okay all right uh i don't know this is a defining early fight for katie taylor well maybe it's not early anymore she's you know she's not young but this is a defining fight. If she can win this easier without getting in trouble. Look, I thought she lost that first fight. She also was almost out in that final round. I mean, she was exhausted. She was getting rocked. She's got to keep this woman off of her, Rafe. She's got to sit down on the punches, land some combinations, do better stick and move to control so the you're, distance. You're saying that Delphine Pursoon is like Sean Porter. If yes. you uh, you you better get out on your porch with a shotgun yes. and start shooting when he gets on when she gets on your lawn. Because if she gets to your porch, then you gotta get a T-bone steak from inside um, a cow's ass, but it has to be your doctor. It's your stiffness. Okay, Sean Porter has some big, big balls for getting in the ring with Spence because Spence looks so good. 
Yes. Thank you. you do you give Delphine Versoon the ball sack of the year award? <laughs> uh, is it, I mean, is that wrong that I'd, that I'd rather touch, touch the, the hand of Danny Garcia over the other Danny Garcia? I don't. I, which one are you talking about? <laughs> it's Danny's oh, night either way. <laughs> either way, Rafe. Yep. Okay. That's great. You know. But understand, I believe that a grove stick needs a certain rhythm to his fights. Mm-hmm. I hope that answered it for you. Uh, Rafe, do you have a prediction on this rematch? Yeah, the prediction is Katie Taylor uh, easily outboxes Delphine. Easily, Rafe. Did you not watch the first one? That raccoon was up in her kitchen. She might not be able to summon that kind of effort again. That she she might have poured it all out that night. She's a hard woman, Rafe. Okay, okay. Rafe is basically like that's that's the way of the world. I don't give a shit. All right, okay, we're not, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, all right, oh, yeah, <laughs> enough, all right. enough, Get enough. Me a sandwich. We will not tolerate any slut, sh- slut shaming. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, well, I mean, where I come from, they they don't vote. Yeah, okay, thanks, Bob. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, Rafe, you don't care about the rest of the undercard. Um, so when is August twenty sixth? My guy Jack Cullen is on that undercard. Oh, that's your guy. Little levers, meet Cleaver. Uh, Luther Clay also on that undercard. Remember him? He was in the uh, nineteen ninety five McDonald's High School American game. Went to Purdue. You remember that guy? Thinking of Luther Head for a minute from no, uh, no, from Illinois. 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 You remember that ninety five game, Rafe? That was the best one ever. Do you remember that class? Is that Sham God? Yes. Marbury, Abdur Rahim, Paul Pierce, Ron Mercer, Kevin Garnett, Derek Hood, Robert Trailer, Chauncey Billups, Sam Oakey, Randall Jackson. Uh, who else? Who else? You know, Burgess in that? Nope. Nope. There had to be some Paul token Pierce, white guy in that. Paul Pierce. Uh, Taman Domzalski from Duke was the token white oh, guy. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was a couple others. Chris Clack. Remember that guy? Oh, oh hell yeah. Wayne Turner Texas. from Kentucky. Ryan Robertson from Kansas. Uh, that was a good, I mean, that was a, that was something special. Vince Carter. Vince freaking Carter as well. Thank that you. That was pretty good too. Yeah, that was pretty good. Anyway, uh, Rafe, what day of the week is the, uh, is August 26th? I'm trying to see if we should. I think it's Wednesday. This. Next week, but it'll be our Thursday. I don't know if we will do this podcast again before Jeff Horn and Timmy Zoo square off in Queensland. I don't know if August 26 means it's Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning, Thursday morning. I don't know. OK, I would need I would need the author of On the Chin to, to tell me about that. OK, Alex McClintock. Uh, Rafe, I'm fired up for this Jeff Horn, Tim Zoo this is the kind of Australian freaking slop we love. The son of a legend. Is he good enough? We don't know. Jeff Horn talking major trash saying, you don't want to get in a war with me. Uh, they're going to, they're going to harden up. They're going to bang it full of quarters, Rafe. And if you want to know, uh, what Jeff Horn thinks about the back and forth leading up to this fight. No response. I will respond with my fists in the ring. I just, I don't know when that's going to happen. It is hot. It is good. Yeah, you're feeling it. Yeah. 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 Heat. I'm ridiculously excited about this. Do you believe in flying kangaroos? I'm just wondering. I'm just (laughs) curious. I don't. I don't believe in flying kangaroos. Okay. Either do I. No chance. No chance. No chance for flying kangaroos. No chance for Jeff Horn from down on the to do this. Okay. Here's the difference, though. Uh, You're Manny Pacquiao. You don't want to get put to sleep by Joe Horn. But this ain't Manny Pacquiao, bro. It's Timmy Zoo. Um, is Jeff Horn gonna gonna like end him? 
look, this is a, a very bold move from Tim Zhu. The, the, of course, the son of a legend, but he hasn't fought anyone uh, close to this level. And look, let's be realistic okay, so- about Jeff Horn. He's not necessarily the the like we've seen his limits. He's probably a little bit small, even for 154 pounds. He had to go life and death with our guy, uh, uh, man, uh, stripper, Michael, Michael Zarafa. Yeah, right, Jeffrey. No, I don't think so. But it- but he is Horn is also becoming like a an action superstar with some of these fights that are just. Absolutely, just ridiculous that the the punishment he takes and dishes out and the momentum shifts. I mean, he he will be there and to to get hit. And if Tim Zhu has some of that power from his old man, then maybe he can just crack him with one shot and and end Jeff Horn once and for all. But if he doesn't have that power, I think Horn's experience and class and guts. I mean, he's got ball. This yeah. guy's got ball. He fights like a tough, tough gang member and Tim Zhu better be ready to deal with it because Horn is always going to be in his face roughing him up putting his musk on him yes just getting nasty yeah and it's gonna be great Jeff Horn who's Jeff Horn nobody Jeff Horn is a real so man that's the Keith thing, that's you the know thing it that Keith missed all right all right Keith uh yeah okay thank you um this is gonna be a fun ass fight I hope we can watch it live what time in the morning you think East Coast. You're East I've Coast heard now. it will be like six or seven, pretty early. Right. Breakfast at Wimbledon. I'm ready for this. Breakfast with the with the Hans. I am. Le- Would you rather Danny Swift, Danny with one end, or Joe Hahn? I need your honest take on this. All right, look. Take a take a moment. Look him up online. I think Stevenson is someone you need to look at hard. Look at him hard, Rafe. Okay. Um. Brian, I'm I don't I don't I'm not I'm too classy for this. You can't you can't put me in this box. Okay. You want me to throw in Jeff? Just just even things out, all right? Let's talk Jeff Horn. Yep. Okay. I will I will I will lift up that that wonderful little man like those strippers in Vegas did. Oh yes, yes, the uh the yes. The the uh what the are Thunder Down Under. The coyote, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh okay. All right. Hey, that's it. That's the show's over. Thank you, Clay Collard. Uh that's all the box I can handle for this week, Rafe. You got any other thoughts? Not really. That is a, 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 a hey. Enjoy. Oh, we didn't even talk about Yoan Pablo Hernandez fighting uh, fighting Kevin Johnson okay. in an eight round heavyweight fight weekend? somewhere in Germany this week. Okay, because I'm looking at I'm using the ESPN boxing schedule, but that ain't Big Dan's anymore. I'm using the the real ESPN, aka Dan the Man's so Facebook you're on schedule. His Facebook page. I can't believe we're at this point. We're on an unemployed man's Facebook page. Because we have to know, we have to, Rafe. We got to realize if we care or not. Hey, look, he still got. He still brings the goods. He still the just just look. ESPN didn't make the fleece. The fleece made ESPN. I think you're right. I think you're right. And folks, it's magnificent. I'm still, I, you know, I still have to go there. All right. I said he's a he's a grinder, right? Yeah. Right. A, I want. He should bring back the chat. He should bring back. The, uh, those weekend roundups, all the things that the ESPN editors were like, Dan, please stop <laughs> making us do this work. Please stop writing 18,000 words every time. But no, the Friday notebook as a fan back then was awesome. That's the one thing that I, I missed the most from Dan because it had like, you know, 18 little news stories in one. Yeah, it was pretty good. It had a hey. quote. It, yeah, it had good stuff. All right. All right. 
Yeah. Okay. That's it. Uh, Rafe, that's it. I got nothing left. Um, follow him at Rafe Books. Read his work. You, you in the book business again yet? Well, I still have the books that I've written. If anyone chooses to read those, you know, uh, Pacific Rims, Two and Two, McCriggle, McSorley's, and myself, and uh, Basketball Love Story. Okay. Are you going to write another? All right, please. Someday, sure. I mean, look, these things take time. They they, they have to incubate, incubate. Okay, it's probably going to be uh, wonderful because Rafe, you're a great writer. Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, that's it. That's the show for this week. Uh, if you like skinheads, there's another show for you. But that's all I got. Uh, I also have two words for you. We out. I'm out. Rafe's out. You think I care what that guy does during his time when he's not doing this podcast? When he's in Detroit? Yes. No. I don't. We out. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.